welcome back to Ghoul's Night In, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I'm Midge Munster. And today, hold on, I'm click, click, clicking. I wanted- I was going to say, I always love when I can hear you <laughs> switch to your Google Doc. Like, <laughs> Right. It's like, I some spoiler alert, sometimes I try to edit the clicking out, but a lot of times I forget and I click while I'm talking, so then I can't do that. <laughs> Um, but I, I just really wanted to start off the new year with some weird and creepy energy. I won't. Uh, I would, I wish you would, please. Uh, so today we're going to talk about, um, anthropodermic bibliopagy. Oh, sure. I know all about that. All about it. Do you have any idea what that might be? Uh, it sounds like there's the word anthro in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, hu- human history. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> got no something about um uh fossils and bibli bibliographies well you you did identify all the, all the correct terms um but this is the practice of binding books with human skin oh hell yeah oh. we're gonna get into some necronomicon oh <laughs> hell yes yeah so uh, as you so astutely mentioned um obviously in the Evil Dead series, we got the Necronomicon that's bound in human skin. The spellbook from Hocus Pocus appears to be bound in human skin. It has its all whole eyeball and everything. Is this a real thing? Or is it just the province of horror fiction and nightmares, Midge? I want to believe in a sick way that it's real. <laughs> oh, well, you're in luck because it's definitely real. <laughs> And it it could be both less common and more common than we think. Are you confused? Let's dig in. <laughs> uh, so I I read a book for this episode. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> um, so I read Dark Archives uh, by Megan Rosenblum, who is a medical librarian um, who is involved in the research and testing of purported human skin books. Wow, that's uh, that's someone's job, right? Um, so there's a lot of great content about this topic. Um, obviously this book, uh, which came out in 2020 is really great. Um, Megan has also appeared on the ologies podcast. Um, and there is an ask a mortician video, um, about the topic. So definitely check those out. If you guys are looking for more quality, um, human skin content after we talk about it today, (laughs) I have to ask, how did you get here? Like what? What made you want to do this episode? Oh man, um, so this is this is something that I had a previous interest in. Um, sure, I had, um, I'd seen like the video, I think, and and I'd listened to the podcast previously, and I was like, oh man, I remember. I was trying to think of like just something weird because I was like, we haven't done just like a good old fashioned like weird creepy thing for a while. And I was like, oh, human skin. And then, like, as I was, like, reading more articles about it, like, half of the articles are just, like, reviews of the book, Dark Archives. And I was like, well, I guess I might as well just read this book. Amazing. Well, I feel like you really ran with when we talked in our last episode about how I was like, I love when you just bring me (laughs) absolutely bizarre topics. I feel like you really ran with that, and I appreciate it. Thank you. I try. I do my best. (laughs) Anyway, as you were, yes. continue. Uh, so around the world, um, there are 
50 books in public collections that are purported to be made of human skin, um, plus obviously an unknown amount in private collections. Um, Of these books, 18 have been tested and confirmed to be made of human skin, and 13 have been tested and are animal, and the rest um, either have not been tested yet or have been, the institution have declined to have them tested um, for some reasons that we might talk about later. Um, But the Mütter Museum in Philadelphia, which is like a medical oddity museum, has the world's largest collection of confirmed anthropodermic books, which is five. So this is not like a widespread thing, but like 50 is still a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of skin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So these books don't really look spooky. Like if you look at them um, in the Ask a Mortician video, she does visit the Mütter Museum and sees the books. Um, Mm -hmm. They just kind of look like normal books. Um, So it is, you know, leather that was made from skin. And at least in those, I think it depends on the size of the book, but some of them, it's just on the spine. It's not even the entire book. So, yeah. So, I mean, obviously it's, it's a, it's a limited quantity. Even if you're, you're snatching this for your own purposes. Right. Um, But yes. So one of the questions you may ask is how can you tell if a book is made out of, out of people's skin? Yeah. Without, I mean, I'm assuming DNA testing, but outside of that. (laughs) Yes. Um, So previously, um, previous to like modern scientific testing, um, people generally identified the type of leather books are made out of um, by inspecting the pores and the hair follicles that you can still see um, within the leather. Um, But this is an imprecise method. Like you can definitely be like, oh, this looks like people. And then it turns out to be a goat or something. I'm just picturing like somebody, like somebody's ghost seeing a book made out of their skin and being like, oh my God, my pores are just giant. <laughs> right. Like, oh my God. I can't believe they used my T-zone to make the spine. <laughs> right. That's Nobody so could put some poor professional on there before they made me into a book. Ugh. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Benefit Cosmetics. No. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, um, so you may assume that DNA would be the primary way to figure these out, but actually the tanning process to make leather uh, will destroy most DNA. Mm, And um, the other thing is obviously a book is something that's been handled by lots of people. Um, So there's definitely a lot of opportunities for there to be trace DNA left on Mm. it that did not belong to whatever skin is on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what they primarily use is something called PMF testing, which identifies the type of animal based on like the difference in proteins that are um, contained within the skin. And sometimes some types of animals, I guess, can be more clearly distinguished than others, like goats and other like goat family members are like distinct (laughs) enough that you can tell where technically you can't tell the difference between a human skin and like a great ape skin with this method because we're too close evolutionarily um but there there are no known examples um of like a gorilla leather being used well that's what i was gonna say is anybody anybody binding books in ape skin i don't yeah exactly so they're like if it flags as hominid hominid day it's it's considered to be human i cannot say that 
Oh yeah, I every time we do an episode with any kind of science, it gets exciting with the the, the words. Right, the pronunciation <laughs> is always is always an adventure. Uh, so who who do you think mostly had human skin books, Midge? Uh, rich people. I don't know. Yes, uh, there there's a specific kind of rich people, a, a type that we've we've a- talked about on this ones. podcast before. <laughs> Is it the Victorians? Well, yeah, so, somewhat, yes. Uh, it's gentlemen doctors. Okay, of sure. Yes. Same people that were uh, having uh, corpse specimens mm-hmm. and things. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Uh, so being like a book collector was definitely became like a major like kind of class marker for doctors where it was like, you know, something that was expensive, but also like had that kind of like scholarly vibe. So it oh yes was when i thing. think human skin on a book <laughs> i think scholar ah, yes not serial killer <laughs> but yes as you said they had access to skin um so a lot of purported anthropodermic books um date back to the time of resurrectionists and just wild and crazy use of cadavers which we talked mm-hmm. about in our cadaver episode so do go back and look at that and some some folks who were in that episode Burke and Hare um, come back today because one of the most famous supposed anthropodermic books is a record of their trial that is bound in (gasps) Burke's skin. In his skin? In his skin. So yeah, so like he went to trial for doing these murders and they were like, yep, we're going to kill you and we're going to use your book, your skin to make a book about how bad you are. I'm mouth agape right now. That's... (laughs) that's wild yeah it was so this is kind so this was something that was interesting to me from um dark archives which i read is that none of these uk books have been tested so they're not confirmed to be human skin but a lot of these are like books that are were made from criminals skin and right, so we talked about mm-hmm. in the cadaver episode that they could like kind of do whatever yeah, they you could want, just like take those bodies. yeah and it was considered yeah. like being sent to the anatomist to be dissected was like an extra punishment so right. this was like extra extra punishment on top of that um and one of the things um that uh i always feel weird i'm like it feels i know that uh, like officially you refer to someone by their last name and it's weird to just be like yeah megan said this but it also feels really weird to be like uh in rosen rosenbloom sites um but in her book she mentions that like a lot of these books are the ones with the clearest kind of provenance so even though they haven't been tested like there is like an unbroken chain of custody being like we made this dude into a book and now here it is in this museum (laughs) versus like when you just get uh, apparently a lot of books (laughs) that you find that are like purported to be human skin are just that way because someone has written this book is bound in human skin on like the inside cover (laughs) and it's like obviously anyone could have done that at any point in time (laughs) so (laughs) i'm gonna just start doing that with any book i have before i give it to like goodwill yeah even like paperbacks (laughs) (laughs) he had very thin skin so that's what that means right uh, uh, oh man that's wild though what a crazy in his skin in his skin Ugh. wow right it's pretty nasty 
That's a fun piece of dark history that I didn't know I needed. Yes. Um, one of the most famous um, kind of like little mini collections of books of skin was from John Stockton Huff, who was a doctor, of course. Um, and he performed an autopsy on a woman named Mary Lynch who died in the hospital he was working at. And then when he was done with the autopsy, he just took some strips of skin off her thighs, put them in a chamber pot in his basement. And yep, so it's, it was pretty common to like do the initial like cure of leather with urine. And then he sent him off to a tannery. And then he just kept it for like years before he was like, ah, these are he, he took his three favorite women's health texts. And had them bound oh in this poor random lady's skin that he'd just been holding on to for, for and, a long time. And then he and his dog Precious made a dress. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, what is happening, people? I mean, right? like, okay, here's the here's the thing, right? Like I get the morbid curiosity aspect. I do. Like, I understand why people might be like, oh, I wanna see. But, I, like, I, I couldn't follow through with it, you know? <laughs> like, I wouldn't want to have human skin in my basement. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, I don't know. So this was this was something that obviously I had in my list, and we, we can just talk about it now. But I think both this and the cadaver episode just really demonstrate, like, how much our ideas of, like, bodily autonomy have changed. And just that people, especially doctors in this period, just were so separate consider themselves mm -hmm. so separate from the people that they were treating a lot of the times you know as we said these are criminals these are poor people and they're just like lol i'm gonna take some of this skin and it's like no you can't do that and yeah. um that was one of the points um that um megan megan rosenblum made in her book was that we do when we think of stuff made of skin we think of like serial killers or nazis and like these are not, those are not like who is making these books. These were people who considered themselves respectable and were considered respectable by society. And that you kind of have to like, you have to grapple with that and not just say, right. oh yeah, this is a weird, weird creepster thing. You're just like, oh no, like people were like, this is cool and rare and acceptable. And that's well, almost also, worse. <laughs> yeah. And I, but I do also understand too, like, being a medical professional there probably is a level of you have to remove yourself from the the person yeah. when dealing with the body a little bit because of the stuff you've seen so i i do understand maybe a, a bit in that regard but then to make a book that's another step yeah <laughs> we've taken we've taken another step past where i feel like it's a uh, normal right <laughs> We we certainly have. Nice of him to do women's health texts, though. <laughs> right. Feminism. Right. I know. That's the part that makes it the wildest. That he's just like, ah, yes, I'm a champion of women's health. That's why I have this lady leather. <laughs> Not lady leather. <laughs> um, <laughs> so a little bit before this period, but there are persistent rumors from the French Revolution um, that there was a factory made to tan human skin and that people were like, throwing around human skin books and human skin pants and all of this stuff uh but none of none of that appears to be true um all of the books she's tested from that area were non-human um but my favorite thing was <laughs> from this section uh that someone in a footnote to their little like paper about how there's totally this human skin factory um <laughs> it notes that the high quality of man leather 
but that women's skin wasn't as strong because of its softness. Oh, sure. And I'm like, uh, rude. Seems like another way <laughs> to discredit women. Right, and I'm like, wouldn't it be, like, isn't everything like, oh, this is like the finest buttery, like, calf leather. Like, shouldn't you want our our luscious soft skin to be made into your leather? <laughs> Why don't you want my leather? Why don't you want my leather? <laughs> Uh, very weird but yeah um so as we said there are lots of fake human skin books where people are just like hey this is human skin and people are like i guess so um and that's just for money like obviously these books are very rare and to the right type of collector that is something that is a bonus sure um the so and related to that um one of the the latest um uh, i don't know versions of this um that was found were some books that were found in human skin in 1934 oh well that's pretty recent yep um and so these are one of the ones that are like so strange to me and just something that really kind of like i guess challenges your thoughts about it um so these were made um commissioned by a gentleman named charles hartman and they are both books of phyllis wheatley's um poetry who was a very famous enslaved woman who wrote poetry and like there was a whole trial where they were like a slave couldn't write this because it you know has feelings and things and they did and and like people kind of talk about it as being like by proxy like the humanity of black people was on trial and they did Mm -hmm. end up saying like yeah i guess she wrote these and she was like a teen a teenager who wrote this awesome poetry and this dude and you know obviously in slavery times and then up here in more modern times this guy was like there is you know not enough value given to like black artists and writers and so he was like i'm gonna bind these books in human skin to make them ultra valuable interesting so like just kind of coming from that perspective like obviously there are um unflattering parallels to draw there between slavery and the use um of someone's literal body for a commodity but it's just interesting that that's not the way that like he thought about it yeah well and also a whole other layer i'm assuming i'm hoping uh weirdly that it was white people skin and therefore like making it white made it more valuable question mark i don't know there's so yeah no so (laughs) she she does so she does talk about that so the way the book is kind of set up is like each chapter is about a specific um anthropodermic book that she like Mm -hmm. looked into and then kind of like themes around that and um this one uh, was in one talking about that and that there there is a famous um now known to be fake book that was said to be um uh, bound in the skin of Crispus Attucks, who was the first person to mm-hmm. die in the Revolutionary War, um, yeah. and it that turned out to not be the case. Um, but she does talk about that, and I think she said that, at like from her studies, like she can't find anything that like the provenance would support that it was made from a non-white person. And I think I don't know. I'm just like once it's leather, can you tell? 
Right. Like, and also, and- like, I don't know which is which I feel worse about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like ev- everything about that is just bizarre. And, but yeah, like you said, I mean, weirdly his, his heart was in the right place. Right. Question yeah. Mark. Yeah. Big, big question mark. Um, heart was in the right place. Skin was not. <laughs> yes. Skin was not where it belonged. Um, <laughs> so there are differing opinions um, about these books from a kind of library perspective. Um, a lot of librarians, you know, kind of take the tack that these are historic items and that they, you know, are kind of entrusted with the care of all sorts of items that may be distasteful personally or in some mm-hmm. ways and that they should be treated respectfully and preserved. Um, some people think that you should bury them because they're like, oh, give it a proper burial um, kind sure. of perspective. This was... Um, this was actually something that I was aware of. There was a big kerfuffle um, when some books at Harvard um, were proved through this testing to be of human skin um, because they wrote a, a pretty pretty tasteless um, blog post about it and made like a Hannibal Lecter reference and stuff. And a lot of people were very offended um, by that kind of blasé, kind of like s- scandalous treatment. Yeah. Um, of the books, which I, I would agree with. I don't think that that was an appropriate way uh, to discuss these items. Um, and some people, which I found really interesting, are kind of resentful of like the morbid interest in these books. Like they don't want their institution to be known for having a weird, creepy book. And that like a lot of the time the book itself is not of particular historic interest. So it's just sure. the binding that is of interest to people. Um, And that is one of the reasons cited for why some institutions don't want to have their books tested. If they're like purported to be of human skin, they're like, we don't want the press about this. We don't want to know about this. And um, this program um, that Megan runs, they do not, they do not um, publicize any of their tests. So like if they do a test, they tell the institution and it's up to them whether they want to discuss the results of it or not. Um, That's good, at least. That's nice. Yeah. Um, and so one thing that I was like, hmm, I'm curious. Um, do do these books count as human remains? Um, hmm. It depends uh, legally. Um, so <laughs> in some places, um, so the UK, except for Scotland, um, for example, Anything that has been, quote, transformed by human skill um, counts as a cultural artifact. Um, So this book would not legally be considered remains. Hmm. Um, So that's something that is mostly in place for, um, like, some, like, indigenous items that may have um, parts of a human remain as part of it. Um, But, of course... The UK doesn't necessarily have great history with museum artifacts, uh, so <laughs> don't know. Can't tell you whether or not I agree with that um, assessment. Um, and the US has no federal laws regarding this because it's the fucking Wild West out here. Uh, so it's all state by state, and that is something that you know kind of comes up with a lot of like funeral practices, especially mm-hmm. like more. Mod- as more modern kind of funeral practices come into vogue um, that a lot of states just have the law about what counts as desecrating a corpse is just incredibly vague and yeah. is like, uh, if it's something that someone reasonable wouldn't do, then it's desecrating a corpse. And it's like, well, 
reasonable what's to who? Reasonable to you, yeah. <laughs> reasonable to whom? Uh, so she, I didn't include it as part of this since it's a little off topic, but in the book she does talk about um, the process of like saving your tattoo skin. Which I was is, literally about yes. to bring that up mm-hmm. because I know that's yeah been a like a a long practice. I've read a lot about that actually, and I think yes. that. I think that's really I I do think that's really cool because it is art. Yeah. Um, and I would I was literally when you brought this up I was like whoa what if like they bound a book in the skin of somebody who was like totally yeah. tattooed I wonder if the ink would hold like the, in the there letter. are there are books that have tattoos on them <gasps> there are mm-hmm. ooh yeah. <laughs> yep so yeah so it's interesting and it, it does really make cool. me think <laughs> I I did have have one. One question for you, Midge, which was, what book would you want your skin to be bound in? Uh, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yes. <laughs> nice. Actually, um, when I release my book this year, it's going to be, it's gonna be ba- bound in my skin. skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's only going to be like one copy because that's as much as I can part with right now. Yes. Uh, but it's fair. <laughs> What about you? What book? What book are you going for? Oh man, I was I was going back and forth on this. It's a difficult difficult choice because I mean I like I feel like my one of my favorite novels is American Gods um, mm. by Neil Gaiman, and I feel like that that's kind of is appropriate since it's got like themes of like humanity and divinity and worship and stuff. So. I would I would say probably that part of me was like oh Lord of the Rings but I'm like you could barely cover any of that girl like that's way too big so just oh. a, 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 a version of Silence of the Lambs with just your moth tattoo <laughs> yes front and center just front and center yeah I mean I th- I think for now I will keep my skin um, <laughs> but s- spoiler alert um, I do recommend reading this book and I didn't want to like go fully into all of the stories of it obviously because it's a whole book um, but there is one book that was made from a dude who was like hey make my skin into this book and it has like his memoirs he was yeah. also a criminal and he was like hey when I die make my make this into a book with my skin and they they did so there you go. There's See, at least there's like, at least one with consent. Yeah, that's the thing that's so interesting with this type of stuff. Just talking about human remains in general. Like, I I really I, I'm a firm believer that you should be able to do whatever you want with your own corpse. Yeah, and I, we've had this discussion I think on here before that I keep like joking with Taylor that I want him to keep my skull mm-hmm. and like pass it down so that one day my great grandkids like have it as like a decoration and someone's like oh that's cool and they're like thanks it's my great grandma um but you can't do that no. in Missouri and no. I'm really upset about it <laughs> formal petition let Midge keep her skull right that's what that's what I'm saying it's like who who, my dis- skull. who, decide- I it myself. who decides what's reasonable like I I think that that would be great <laughs> I like to think that I'm a pretty reasonable person. All I want is my skull. Is that too much to ask? Right. It's like, I made this myself. So I don't see why I should have to give it up to the earth. (laughs) But that, that is my, my, uh, anthropodermic book adventure. I can certainly say that was not, uh, even on my list of things I thought (laughs) we might be covering today. So you, uh, score one for Penny for shock and awe. Yay. Uh, (laughs) 
yeah, I don't know. I, I love, I love the weird stuff. Um, there's definitely some, some very bizarre things when you dive into this. Uh, so check it out. If you guys, uh, knew about this or have been interested in it, let us know if you know what book you would want to be part of <laughs> uh, for all eternity or just let us know. I, I would love to hear about it. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you all for joining us today in our our first episode of 2023. Whoop, whoop. We're here. Um, and start. why don't you start this fresh new year off by giving us a review? Yeah, do it. Do you have a review to share with us today, Mitch? I sure do. All right. So this is a review from, I'm so sorry, I'm probably not going to say this correctly, M. Villanueva, I believe is the, the name. Uh, and the title of this review is What's Up, Witches? With, hey. a, with a crystal ball emoji. <laughs> uh, so this says, I have been a long time follower of Penny and Midge across various social platforms and was so excited when they launched the pod. They got me through the end of grad school. For 30 minutes every week, I would basically hide under my desk in my <laughs> office and let them transport me to a wonderfully spooky, cozy, alternative dimension. Alternate. Alternate. Whoa. Ooh. Alternate dimension. I can read. It's fine. Uh, Midge and Penny are great storytellers. Their research is always thoughtfully done and they're funny to boot. Even when I don't have previous knowledge on the topic, the pod is always engaging and the vibes are immaculate. Confirmed fan ghoul for life. Ghost emoji. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great review. Thank you so much. Uh, and yeah, if you, if you have something to say, please feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that else that will let you. We haven't figured out that anywhere else will yet. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Um, and if you would like to follow along and keep up with what we're doing, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Ghoul's Night in Pod. And if you're looking for me, you can find me at Penny Snark. And you can find me at Midge Munster. And until next time, good bye. bye.